Lord, well, he could have an affair with Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> This is a Culture Inject production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of Part of Us and In Vogue Fancast. Before we get started, we wanted to ask you to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at In Vogue Craze, and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And please review and rate our podcast anywhere podcasts are streaming. Okay, so now we're going to get into what's new and what's trending. And in Vogue, we'll perform at this year's Lovers and Friends in Vegas. The concert will be held May 6th at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. And it features a star-studded lineup including Missy Elliott, Mariah Carey, Usher, Christina Aguilera, Nelly, Busta Rhymes, and Chris Brown, among others. Listeners can purchase tickets at loversandfriendsfest.com. Are any of you thinking about going? Hell no. no, it is too hot <laughs> in Vegas in the middle of May. Absolutely <laughs> not. Those people were passing out last time they had this. Like, really? It was in. Okay. So my friend went and it's in like a. I think the. I don't know if it's in the same place, but the festival grounds are like concrete. It's not like a park or like it's like hot and concrete. It's not in the shade. No, not a tree in sight. Uh-uh. And I'm beyond my festival days, honey. I can't stand up for that long. <laughs> See, I was never right. especially, especially on concrete. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I had one of my friends when talked about going. I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm too old to be outside all day long. Ain't nowhere to sit down. It's hot as hell. It's long. <laughs> like, absolutely not. But this, I mean, it's a cute, it's a nice lineup, though. I wouldn't mind going, but they need to, to put that indoors somewhere. They got to find, like, a stadium or something right. to do it. Like, I don't I don't understand why in Vegas, of all places, like... Vegas yeah. in May, so it's going to be too hot. Right. Not and I've never September. been a festival person anyway, and it's all those acts in one day. So, like, how many... I mean, so, it, I mean, in theory, it looks good. I guess, I don't know how it is. Is it different stages? Like, yeah, it's different stages. stages. Okay. So then, you know, um, there's no schedule ahead of time, so you don't know who you can actually see. Because, like, if you're going to see maybe, like, I've seen Invoke so many times in concert, of course, I would go to see them. But, like, if I want to see Mariah and she's on at the same time as them, you know, and um, then the lineup, I'm not really that impressed, though. Like, where's Sharifa? Where's Petey Pablo? Sharifa? Where's, you know, Pablo's on there. Oh, see, well, then where's, um, Where's uh who was the ones that had that what it is? What's up? Kenna like where are they? Like pull out everybody. You're pulling out all of these people that have one here. Like you have to pull out everybody. Where's Brooke Valentine? Is she on there? No, where's coming from You got people like Lil Mo and Kevin Little and they they got their fair share of the era. (laughs) They need more than they should have had it's like all of like the one hit wonders like they just come out do one song then jump off the stage and then the next one comes on the, like I want to see that like give me the Z-list stage that would be the one I'm most excited for like Lil Flip and all the people that only have one song like have it like that all these what's people what's that 
What's that DJ that be doing the after shows on the after the award shows where he passed the mic? Is it Cassidy? Oh. Right, right, right. Yeah, DJ Cassidy. I think we gonna leave those Capri. people for DJ Cassidy's thing because that's oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm excited that Christina and Rona, like you know, I'm an MMC fan, so those are gonna be on the same bill. I don't know if they're gonna cross paths because it's so many people, but that's kind of cool. Um, if you're an MMC fan, that they're both on that bill and. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at it. I guess, you know, the fonts are different for different people. So some people I can't see. Okay, so I do see Pity Pablo now. Okay, the diplomats. Mm. Oh, Lumity! Uh, oh, that's good. Lumity. All they needed is Nina Sky for that box. <laughs> Nina Sky would be a good addition. But I, no, I, think, I think it's a good lineup. Go ahead. Sorry, JP. No, I was just wondering, like, when did festivals become, a, like, so popular? Like, I, re- I don't remember until recently like people really being excited to go to festivals this type of event used to be like for like washed up 80s stars you know they get on one (laughs) bill you know what i mean it's like you know the commodores and you know the old school people used to be like doing their little thing but now it's it seems different like everyone wants to go to some festival like coachella and rolling loud and it just seems like that just started being a thing over the last five years where it became this trending thing i feel like they like festivals like they always had the staple ones right like coachella's been around for a while then like you have like Lollapalooza and some of these other ones that have been around for like decades but i think it's lucrative as hell to like produce one event for two or three days max out you know and and sell as many tickets as you can i feel like it's a money-making thing and um i mean this is usher's event i think usher is the one behind lovers and friends so um it's new too so i don't know i just feel like there's you're right it's like an oversaturation now of festivals <laughs> because there's like one it just literally... used to be like the essence fest and well, that yeah, was like where all the old people <laughs> get together and now it's just it's, i don't know it just seems very different that um, festivals have become popular with the younger crowd yeah. in particular because like the old people always went to festivals or at least the people old people I knew but it seems like I mean honestly like festival aside or not it's nice to see En Vogue on the same bill as some of these folks and not what well, I think they've Mariah been Carey doing for me. yeah like Missy Elliott Mariah Carey Usher like these are like big folks and so to be at the same event that's what I want them to do more of and you know, granted, they do their thing where they're in, on the same bill as New Edition or Boys to Men or SWV. That's fine. That's what makes the money consistently. But it's nice for them to be able to to dip onto this size of a stage and have the audience that's going to pull in a usher also be like, oh, yeah, in vogue. Like, it's like a thing. People will undoubtedly people who may be either unfamiliar or who haven't listened in a while will catch some of in vogue so like that's exactly. kind of nice and even the artists who don't um who aren't necessarily like tuned in will probably get to you know schmooze and mm-hmm. rub elbows with them and who knows if it could lead to like oh let's get on a track or let me produce this for you or you know or or come to come to christmas dinner like you know it's something but i do like it as well yeah, maybe they could do a track for Lumidy. Like <laughs> That's where that Absolutely they're in. Not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, well, wait. I have a question then. Of all the people on this flyer, who would you want them to collaborate with the most? Mariah. 
Uh, definitely Missy. She's a songwriter, producer extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Definitely Missy Elliott for me. You yeah, know what I was same. thinking about? Because I, I think the track that we're going to re- be reviewing might have changed. But um, the track that we were going to do was from the Amanda era. And I remember that there was this interview. You guys might not remember it, but I remember someone posted it on the Envo Crazy when it was a Yahoo group back in the day. And Amanda was like, um, I think it would be a great idea if we worked with Missy Elliott. And Terry said, if we can afford her. <laughs> that part. Oh, I do <laughs> the reality of it. Right. <laughs> I mean, Missy Elliott is not. I, I imagine she's not cheap, especially uh, not back then. But all the time you're on Electra, I'm sure they could have offset as someone because they were label mates. So it's just, it, it, I, it would never make sense to me that they never like, even when they had the White Fools Fall in Love soundtrack. I know they did no fool no more, but if they would have been like Sylvia, we want a song with Missy too. Like everyone else has a song with Missy. I'm sure they could have picked it up. So that they wa- took the wasn't Mel B on with Missy on that mm-hmm. soundtrack. I want you back. I believe. Yeah. Was the name of the yeah. Song. And of course I feel like, you know, there are ways to negotiate where you don't have to like, you don't probably have to pay a person's full rate, but maybe that maybe Missy Elliott will work because she's producing the track, or because you know she's a she's a partial writer or has publishing credit. Like there are ways around it where you don't have to pay you know the full rate, especially if you're on the same label. But yeah, I would love for them to you know, um, and the, I see Jagged Edge on this on this um, on this lineup. Maybe the Casey brothers can write a song for them. <laughs> They're in the same box as Jagged Edge. Oh, and right, next so is on there. So that's the my stage. issue with these flyers is I don't this font size starts to make decisions that I don't appre- I don't appreciate because <laughs> no shade, but I, I think Boys to Men and Invoke are on equal footing, uh, and so the fact that Boys to Men is all the way in the top right at a bigger font than Invoke just makes me a little irritated. So. Um, like I just I don't know I don't think that In Vogue should be the same size font as uh like Manny Fresh and Blackstreet <laughs> but you know even uh, Next got a whole line like In Vogue got half a line next to JoJo and Next got like a line and two equal signs on either side like mm-hmm. I don't appreciate that mm. yeah but whoever is going half fun and report back yeah please 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 Vegas is always uh, a good time. Uh, we need to start utilizing our press passes so someone can get us a ticket. <laughs> a ticket. I might pop in. Um, so maybe if the ladies here, we can uh, re- pop in quickly and report on their set. And they ain't letting our shady asses anywhere in the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. They will. We have a job to do. We are journalists. Okay. <laughs> we are real legit journalists. It was funny because Max she wrote on their Instagram she wanted comp tickets when she saw the lineup. Oh, Max said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Yes, Maxine. Well, she's doing an event in, in Las Vegas too. Oh yes. Let's transition over there, shall we? Oh, so Maxine does Tina Turner. So I detected love... shade from Maxine. You took that as shade? <laughs> she's what? doing an event in Vegas too. <laughs> 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 oh, are you saying me? <laughs> 
transition. I thought it was a really good transition. Mm, it was a perfect mm, transition. I appreciate the setup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Maxine is indeed heading to Vegas. She is doing um, her own love letter to Tina Turner. Um, Saturday, April 8th at the Fremont Country Club in Las Vegas. There will also be a live stream option that is available. Um, it's a full production show, so your tickets are on sale now, should you want to... Or Sorry, they're on sale soon. Hopefully by the time this comes out, maybe they're on sale. Um, and I think that could be interesting, like Max doing Tina. Um, there's a secret, secret wish that there's an original demo from 1987 um, where, speaking of Maxine, we recently stumbled upon this demo featuring Max. The song titled Secret Wish was written and produced by Kevin Bird. What do you think of the song and Maxine's vocals? Listeners can head over to our YouTube channel, Invoke Craze, to hear the track. So let's talk about two things, Max doing Tina and about this track. I think her doing Tina is actually a, a really, really cool opportunity. I think she has a voice for it. Um, so that would be really, really interesting. Um, and then, of course, Max's uh, costume choices. I, I feel like it kind of goes hand-in-hand with Tina Turner, too. I, I, it's an interesting choice. I, I would love to see that show. I mean, I'm not going to Vegas, but I would love to see that show. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll probably tune in for the streaming option, you know? I think it's a good idea, too. I, I remember her saying on the Rosie O'Donnell show that her two big influences were Shaka Khan and Tina Turner, um, and that she was able to meet Shaka, but that she hasn't yet met Tina. That was, like, back in the 90s. So I hope she has had the opportunity to meet Tina. But, um, yeah, Tina has a good catalog. I think her voice suits Tina Turner. She has that rasp. Yeah. Uh, you know, she has that grit to her voice to do... Uh, Tina and I hope she does some of the songs that you know people aren't expecting like typical male and don't turn around which you know this is a covers episode and I never knew that that was a Tina Turner original written by Diane Warren that Ace of Base later did and totally flipped it into the song that you know was big in the 90s so that'll be interesting like, it'll be interesting to see what songs she, yeah I have a Tina Turner Greatest Hits album and there was like a Don't Turn Around and I was like oh, I wonder what this song is gonna be and it didn't really it was like a kind of a slower song and so when I was you know when I realized that the lyrics for the song I was like oh my god like that was originally a Tina Turner song written by Diane Warren who we've talked about on this episode so you, I'm, wow. Tina had some good stuff in the 80s. Of course, we know Nutbush City Limits and Proud Mary and What's Love Got to Do With It. Probably We Don't Need Enough Hero. But I hope she gets to do some deep cuts too. It'll be interesting to see how she puts it together. Is she going to be like kind of somewhat impersonating her? Is it, you know, is she going to be doing the dances? Is she going to have baguettes? Right. You know, all of that. So I'm excited to see that. I'll be purchasing a ticket and supporting Miss Are Jones. You go- you're going to Vegas? I'll buy a ticket to the stream. Oh, yeah, I don't think stream. I'm going to Las oh, Vegas okay, okay. anytime this year. Yeah, I'll okay. watch it online. What is it at a? Is it at a casino or hotel? The Fremont. Or it's at a country club. Fremont. Fremont Country Club. I think it's exciting though that that she is doing this because I was thinking like if you're a member of a group, right? That you're no longer. If you were a member of a group that you know you're no longer a part of, and you were not like the star of the group like how do you sustain yourself um you know in a way like how do you have a career on your own you know what i'm saying after 50 years old and so i think Mm -hmm. i think it's really interesting that she's doing this because 
there are a lot of performers who do like covers and cover bands and that type of thing and they make a good living and I think this is just another opportunity for Maxine yeah. to kind of figure out what her lane is and you know like where does she you know find yeah. her footing in the industry without being you know a member of Invoke um, so I'm interested and I hope it I hope this turns into something that can really be profitable and successful for her because I didn't realize like a lot of these like um, cover bands and these tribute artists they make good money oh yes they so do if she, they so do. this, if this do. is something they that do. like comes together well for her and like as a success like she could really be you know financially set for a while so good luck now in, re- in regards to the demo I think it's cute it sounds you know very 80s you know Quiet storm, slow jam type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but she sounds good. She sounds good. she sounds great. The vocals are the vocals the, are vocalizing. That's the thing is like every time we like talk about a track that's either like a demo or a rare track or something, usually like it's always the production that's always like dated or problematic. They always sound good. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they gonna always sound good. And I mean, I think that's the case here that, yeah, it's very dated, but I kind of appreciate how dated it is. Like it feels very throwback, um, but she sounds great. Yeah. I, think I mean, it's 1987, it's, it's very, it's, it's very relevant for the time, 1987. So I'm like, oh, I feel like I, I would imagine like what would happen if it was, released at that time what would it be on a movie soundtrack or you know you know what I mean like a a TV movie something like that but I feel like there would have been a place for it if it was released y'all know what I'm kind of waiting for that I hope is like I hope happens is you know we had a moment I think of the last couple of years where like disco was kind of being incorporated or reincorporated back into the sound with like Kylie Minogue had a disco album Dua Lipa like it sort of was on a mainstream um, even Miley Cyrus, apparently her album is going to like tap into some disco stuff, but like, I'm kind of waiting for when like eighties R and B will come like that sort of sound of eighties, like that dated kind of thing will come back and sort of be the next thing that people catch back on to. So, cause like stuff like this, I think we listen to it now and it's, it sounds corny and dated, but everything is cyclical, right? Like somebody, if, if, if the world's top artist did, you know, this right now, we wouldn't say that. <laughs> like the sound would become the, you know, pervasive. But that's that kind of so, like I don't know what Cuff we'll it see. is. Like Beyonce Cuff it. That's eighties, right? Um, I think you know. I actually think so. I think so. It, it gives me that feeling. Uh, well, it kind of, for me, it kind of has like a, a fusion yeah. of like or 70s Lizzo, and 80s. about about damn time. That has like, and she describes that as like eighties R and B. Yeah, that feels like it. But I think I'm thinking about like balladry. <laughs> yeah, like okay, I want okay. a torch song back on the charts. Like, yeah. Is purple purple rain is in the is in the eighties? That's that is the eighties. Yeah, that's it's the eighties. Like okay, 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 okay. I don't know why, why I thought it was like seventy eight. But yeah, like like something like purple rain is like on that on that vein. Like, I could hear Max or somebody with her voice singing a song like about like Purple Rain and actually Beyonce's Alien Superstar kind of gives me like 80s vibes um in certain aspects of it I mean obviously the the production value is is modernized and it's kind of fused with like a more modern contemporary sound but there are aspects of it that reminds me of 80s 
Um, so I wouldn't mind like if more people, you know, I, I would imagine that more people would uh, kind of like start duplicating that sound or it's being inspired by that sound as much success as Renaissance has had. So shout out to you, Max. Get it, get it, girl. Get it. And I listened <laughs> to, I did, I committed to listening to her solo records that oh, yes. released recently. And um, I did. And it kind of reminded me of Latoya Jackson when she was doing starting over back in 2004 um, because she had one song that was kind of like a reverent dance music, which would be uh, Just Want to Dance. Yeah. I'm getting dressed <laughs> to look my best tonight. It's Friday night and I can't wait. So that was kind of like, um, what is it called? Not Your Freak. And then she had the Free the World. The magazine has Colors of the World. So it was kind of parallel to me, like, you know, um, a mature woman going after the dance charts. And like I said the last time, I just think she's really going to have to cultivate an image more so. And it's kind of like how Janelle Monet always wore the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until like you kind of, you know, knew who she was. Like, I feel like more artists probably should do that. I think SZA kind of does it with the hair. Like when I see SZA, her hair is always big. So like that's kind of a trademark. Like you need something to stand out. And so like I would definitely get rid of the blonde. I would get rid of the braids and try to think of something, you know, like maybe, I don't know, but just a different cut, a different color, um, uh, like a silhouette that she kind of like is faithful to or some kind of something that just makes her stand out. And then um, like if she's going after the dance charts. And then um, like I didn't really like the song. They didn't really stick out to me, but... There's this song called, I think it's called Let's Be Honest. Let's Just Be Real. That kind of reminded, um, Nacho Free kind of reminded me of that. And I just wish she could have been a little bit more verbally abusive in the track. You know, like just really disrespectful to take it to the next level um, and make it stand out a little bit more. Um, so that's my critique. That's a good critique, actually. Um, I do, I do, I do uh, agree that maybe she should like find like a niche or like a gimmick or like a a branding staple like you know is it is it gonna be like oh uh max and blue hair or, no we're not know, gonna do like, that or she only wears <laughs> this or or she only wears this color well i uh, yeah she wrapped it <laughs> but you know she only wears this color or you know something like like makes her stand out um as 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 uh, a as much of a chameleon as max is when it comes to hairstyle i think that it would be great if like her hair would be like would be what you're saying maybe it's like a style a specific style she always wears you know or like a color that kind of thing to kind of make her stand out to where you go oh this is that's max right there you know what i mean i must say though i love these images like i'm a big fan of the like the images like the in the flyer for the tina show the not your freak cover like she is kind of pushed i dare i say that sometimes like this look kind of eclipses some of the f- the fits that we see our our other ladies in. So like, I hope she leans into that because it is kind of I think it makes it it's 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 a youthful approach. I like the fringe and the and like the Ooh. metallic and the thigh high boots. It's a little drag, which I think I like. So um, 
so yeah I mean I don't know we'll see how the evolution yeah. of Max where it takes us <laughs> if, if I was in an audience and saw her come on stage with these boots I'd be living I would be no, I'd know I was in for a show I would show. be living yeah <laughs> I'd be living yeah. I feel like it's just the the head the head the hair or something like to make it pop because a lot of people do the boots and the onesie well I call them onesies I don't know what the actual name is maybe it's um, leotard I don't know what you actually call that look oh like the bodysuit yeah the bodysuit everyone does those so like just I need you to do something that makes it pop in the braids um, I actually never liked the blonde on Maxine. I, if you remember the BET video, so when they all went on, um, and she had on like this blue suit and she had like the black braids, like it just makes her eyes pop. Like the like, maybe it was the blue making her eyes green. I think her eyes are hazel, but like the blonde to me just kind of washes her out because like her complexion is kind of that color. Her eyes become that color. Then the hair is that color. So I just feel like that is like there's some kind of crown or tear or just something that makes you pop a little bit more, Max. That I, I think you need that. Like I said, like Sade had a very kind of vibe. So she dressed a certain kind of way. Aaliyah had the, you know, the, she wasn't the first to do it, but she had like the baggy clothes with the midriff showing and FK twig. Like she has her kind of little thing with the baby hairs. And those are all your birthday twins. So I just think like they're just something where it's like, okay, that's Max's look. And I think the braids, like I never even realized she always wore those braids and just because they're not I, I guess that's her signature but it's not something that really stands out as a signature maybe because brandy kind of took the whole braid thing micro braids from her um so i, I just need something that pops i think that's what like a solo I, artist you know needs just i think that if out. max would go back to like the short cut and maybe like make it blonde like you know just that short uh, like she had during what was that EV3 I think when she came with like just a low cut I think that would really stand yes. out because you don't see a yes. lot of women in the entertainment industry especially in music really that that can really rock like the low cut you know what I'm saying so I think that would be a really cool way to stand out because yeah. mostly all the women in the industry yeah. now are they're all wearing the same wigs the same bust down <laughs> part in the middle <laughs> Um, so yeah. her mm-hmm. kind of owning that short cut I think would be really um, a good way to, to not not saying she should go bald but I mean like even if you look at Black Panther um, and the and the, the women warriors Dora Milaje like how they have their, their signature look is that ball look and it's very mm-hmm. it's it's a statement because they got the like the designs in it you know what I mean but if Maxine yeah, even when she had that pixie cut and don't let go I oh, thought it was yes. like yes. a sir <laughs> um, that was a sir so I, I, I love Maxine with, with short hair you know and, and maybe you know I know maybe she wants the long hair but I, I would I would agree with like her having a shortcut and, and just experimenting with different colors not all the colors but you know but like you know her being blonde and then maybe coming like with a with a with a, a red you know what i mean or like a honey blonde like it would it would be it would be a sir for sure work max <laughs> <laughs> well in other ev news uh cindy's divorce is finalized the blast reports that cindy and glenn's marriage has officially been dissolved according to legal documents filed in april of 2022 cindy filed for divorce in la citing irreconcilable differences as the reason for the breakup documents attained by the blast.com show that as of january the 11th uh, 2023 the divorce has been finalized 
right, you can read more about their separation on the blast if you are inclined to do so. So it's there's some details in here that I think mm-hmm. are interesting. So mm-hmm. there's uh, no spousal support um, on either side. And then, but you know, you have to kind of report income in those in these things. And so, um, I'm a little surprised at what I'm reading. I mean, I don't want to get into the numbers too bad, but it says that the uh, the blast obtained exclusive documents that show as of January 11th, 2023, Cindy Heron is obviously a single woman. Um, they agreed to no spousal support, and. Um, and they have come to an agreement on their property. Although Cindy is not employed, she is she's that's what it says. Although Cindy is not employed, even though she is booked and busy, she still has a monthly source of income in the amount of one thousand nine hundred ninety-eight dollars and sixty-seven cents per month based on unemployment compensation and other income. That is a fascinating figure, isn't it? Like, I don't I don't believe that. <laughs> but you know, we'll I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the courts do what the courts do. Somebody better call the people because somebody lying on their tax returns. Okay? <laughs> Well, you know, I have to plug Rona's book with this now because Rona made a good point in her book, Saving Your Souls. Everybody go out and buy it. But she said when she was very young in the industry, someone told her, like, um, you know, if you're if you want to hold on to your money, you make a company. So Invoke uh. has the Invoke LLC. So all that money that they're getting for shows is probably going there so that their taxes are less like that's what you do when you're rich you hide your income you hide your assets because you don't want to be taxed you know at this exorbitant amount you want to put up every loss that you have and so you know when you're doing your taxes deduction 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 my income is only this i'm not being taxed in california what is it at 50 percent if you're at a certain tax bracket so i mean i know that's not her i mean we all know that's not her real income but like you know you read books like rona saving your soul shout out to you rona and you just learn certain like tricks in the industry so like some people she mentioned that there's somebody every movie he makes he has his own company so none of the money is actually going to you so you're not being taxed up the union it's going to your company if you have a company for every movie and you make like one movie you get 20 million dollars or whatever you know and then of course the way you budget it the way you you know you pay yourself like all of that assists you in not being taxed to death so when i saw that i did find it was interesting um but then i was like okay so shout out to shout out to cindy's accountant that's what we really should be mm-hmm. saying but mm-hmm. now i hope she's not getting unemployment compensation guess <laughs> because i know like even if you have a company, I mean, that's still income. So I don't know how that would qualify you for unemployment. Well, probably well I think with- that it's like full-time employment, like how you carry a salary or, or you know, like a, con- like a contracted job. I feel like it's different than if you own a company, bring in money. But like you, like the pay isn't steady. I guess it's maybe the differentiator. I don't know. And then depending on the tax filing year, if that was like the COVID year when all of the you know the concerts and I don't know what else she does. Like maybe she sells real estate or something. But whatever, like if like the the taxes were based on the COVID year when everything was shut down. You know you probably could apply for unemployment if like Josh just explained like there was like a change in income because of all the closures and everything. So you know like I'm what I will say and like if you. Read Rona's book and any other kind of financial book like you have to know how to work the system or you know the government is going to be taking all your money so whatever advantages you can get you know take advantage of them and that's what it seems like she's doing because she's not just making a thousand dollars a month um 
Well, I have to say, though, congratulations that they were able to make a clean break because um, just from reading the article, it it seems like they, um, you know, they had separate accounts and it says that, you know, they're they were able to kind of split things and and just make a clean break of it, which is is really rare because divorces can be like really messy and and people can (laughs) really just want to hurt you, you know, when it's over. So it looks like they probably parted on good terms. You know, they were together for a very long time, especially with the children involved. You know, you don't, the, the, the goal is for it to not be a messy situation because the children are involved. I also, I mean, I know people want spousal support in some ways, but I, I like the fact it's like, let's just move on. Like, I don't want none from you. You don't yeah. want none from me. Let's just co-parent and I'll live my life or whatever. So uh, that's why I said congratulations, Cindy, because I'm like, now, now she can just she can just live, you know, without, you know, it's, it's all dissolved and she can just move on with her life and, and pick up the pieces wherever they may have fallen. And get her a new um, boo. So... That's, that's right. what I was about to say. Like, can you imagine Cindy dating again? Like, Ooh, are we gonna, she gonna pull are we gonna see? Fine. I can feel it. <laughs> are we gonna see pictures of her out on a date with you know some uh, superstar? Like, uh, I hope so. That was good publicity. She go, she go, she go <laughs> find her a boo on the Lovers and Friends tour. Let's go back to the list and say, who would you want to see Cindy date from the Lovers and Friends yes. lineup? Okay. Flow Rider. I want to see her with Flow Rider. Whoever it is, it can be one of the people that have multiple accusations of spreading herpes. So that takes off at least two people. Well, three that I see. Oh, gosh. Um, well, one of the guys from Boys to Men, that'll be cute. Like, no. what if she was with, like, you know, Juan Ye? I want Cindy to have a younger. I, a younger man Tris with Miguel. <laughs> oh well, yes, I I concur. He married. He's not. I think no. They, they, well, they keep good. going back and forth. They keep off. They're like so off and on. He he. They, but no, they got back. They, they released a statement. They got back together. Lord, well, he can have an affair with Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty cents. I would be. I would be. I would be no. You know what? She should uh, be get with Amarion. No. I love oh, it because yeah. they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're both so they're both so unbothered. They both have like good energy. I would be here for Amarion like uh, popping at her backstage, popping and doing little dances for Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> 50 cent I would say 50 cent for fun and maybe she could get like a guest appearance on um what is it power or whatever raising well, he's got like four shows yes yeah. yeah so I would say 50 cent and maybe he is maturing like I'm kind of surprised to see him on this list though with all those people because I thought he was like a billionaire I don't even think a billionaire would have to do a festival and then like in Bogus he ain't no billionaire at- Oh, well, I thought the life water or what, what kind of water was it? Spring water? It was um, life water. Oh, <laughs> yeah. life water. Okay. Yeah, I thought he or was. Or vitamin water. I thought it was vitamin water. A vitamin water. Some kind of water. Something was in the water. Okay, so it wasn't billionaire water, though. It wasn't yacht water. It was just regular water. I think the point being, though, we want to see Cindy out and having fun. Happy. And having living fun. her best life. I want to see her in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Ooh, can't you see it? I can see it. I will be. I will be here for that. <laughs> I will be here for that. I'm not mad at it, actually. 
we got to put a pin in that because I want to think about that and come back and talk about that. That's that's <laughs> intriguing yeah. to me. <laughs> Can't like, you see bring it, her like, on I as could... a friend of Garcelle for a little bit and yes. transition her in. Ooh. Did they? I know. Oh, they hosted that WB night, so she probably does know Garcelle because I remember. I don't remember them being with. I don't remember Garcelle. But I remember them with Christopher B. Duncan and Jamie Foxx when they hosted the WB night when they were on the Wayans Brothers. I'm, I'm sure Garcelle knows everybody, though, so I'm sure she does know Cindy. That circle feels small, probably. So, like, I feel like everybody would know everybody. That's, that is cute. That's a cute idea. All right, friends. So this episode is we freestyled a little bit last episode and decided that we were going to pivot what was otherwise going to be um, a different discussion to a discussion on the imagination of an Invoke covers album. So um, before we get into what we thought, we did ask our followers on Instagram who they would want Invoke to cover. And here are some of their choices. So some folks said a cover of Brownstone songs, uh, a cover, uh, a tribute to the Pointer Sisters, a female Ooh. take on Boys to Men's hits, um, and an update to the Supremes classics. Uh, folks said specific songs like Fantasia's Free Yourself, uh, Rihanna's Love on the Brain, uh, Kelly Clarkson's Love So Soft, Mary Jane Girls in My House, and generally just the Jones Girls. Um, mm. So... Those are interesting selections. Maybe some of those things found their way onto our individual cover album tracks, but let's dive in. So we want to hear each other's choices for our versions of these cover albums. So who wants to go first? I know everyone is going to hate mine, so I know I'm going to get the least amount of votes. But, you know, sometimes you just have to be different. You have to walk down the path less traveled. This is a, this is about your vision. This is about your creativity. So who cares? You give us an album that you want to see. Mm-hmm. And can you, before you jump in, don't just jump into the tracks. If you have like a, a theme or some kind of like context to build around it, let us know what it is. Yeah, give us your inspiration. What's what's the inspiration behind your covers right. album, Matan? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. Well, I don't don't have a well actually I do have a title. Um I would like it to be called The Bay and the idea of it is that it's kind of like a love letter to where Invoke originates from. I think Champ, your parents are from the Bay Area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are from San Francisco, Fillmore and Hunters Point. Hey, so, um, like, I'm, like, a California native. Like, I just love being from California. I think it's just an amazing state, um, regardless of, you know, what happens. Just so many acts have come out of California in the Bay Area specifically, and in Vogue, of course, being one of my favorite acts. So, I thought the Bay is eclectic and Vogue is eclectic. Like you can just tell Bay area people. Like I went to school in Southern California, but like there was a lot of people from the Bay that went there. And like when I was there, the thing was like getting hyphy and all that stuff and the stunner shades. And they were just so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never heard of Mm -hmm. Matt and Dre before. Um, I never heard a lot of the people (laughs) that they listened to. that were just a big deal. Like I knew I got five on it. But anyway, I could go on and on and on about the Bay, but it's a very special place. A lot of acts have come from there. That's where Cindy was born and raised. I believe um, Don and Maxine came maybe as teenagers. I think Don told the story about her parents divorcing and her mom going all the way across the country from Connecticut to, um, I think she went to 
maybe she maybe it wasn't Oakland, maybe it was Richmond, but somewhere in the Bay Area magazine, of course, it's from New Jersey. She went out there when she was a teen. Terry went out when she, uh, of course, auditioned for Vogue and her, Donna and Maxine lived together in Oakland. And then when Rona joined the group, she flew out to the Bay. So they have, there's that Bay Area connection. Okay, so that's just giving you background. So this is why I picked um, the album called The Bay, and it's all Bay Area cover. Our covers from Bay Area artists. I like that. I do I like too. That I like that a lot. Thank you. We're probably going to hate the choices, or you probably have never heard of them. Or, but let me get into it. So the first song I would have them do to open up the record is Whiplash um, by Metallica, but it's a big band version. And so instead of like the blaring guitars, it'll be like a horn section. So like trombones and trumpets, whiplash. And um, it's the Pointer Sisters have this song. The Pointer Sisters have this song called Clout Burst, where they're doing a jazz standard and they're doing it really fast and harmonized. So I kind of want something like that, where they're harmonizing the lyrics to the song very fast. But of course, there's like three part harmony and um and then maybe some riffs where some of the, like the guitar solos are uh it's just a very upbeat song it'll hit very hard and i think people wouldn't be expecting it. it'll be totally left field one that they're doing metallica and two that they made like a metallica song big band it's just kind of a fun song i think like it's about like just like somebody going crazy at like a head banging party or something like that but if they kind of flipped it like i think that would be so fun um and then the next song I did was I Need Somebody to Love Tonight. This song is by... I love this song so much. Oh, you know it! Oh, I'm Yay. a very big Sylvester fan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Patrick Cowley. I love Patrick Cowley. Well, see, you could do the intro for the song for me. Um, because, like, when I... um, Yeah, I think I want to say it's more... I didn't put it in the up-tempo category, so this would be the second track track it kind of slides into a mid-tempo groove and um i what i hear rona singing lead on that one since she has like kind of the lower rich richer tone and um yeah and so then it'll slide into easy days by the pointer sisters which is like a lesser known track i don't believe it was a single i think it was on their stepping album i think but it's one of their 70 songs with all four of the ladies I hear Terry singing lead on that one. There is a lot of harmony on that song. Um, so maybe they could flip that a little bit, maybe um, speed it up a little bit, or just maybe, I don't know if they could add an extra part since it was only three of them, but maybe just do, or maybe they could if they layer the vocals. The fourth song that I have is an up-tempo song by Tiggy Clay called The Winner Gets the Heart. And the reason I picked Tiggy Clay is because Cindy, who's like the, you know, the true Bay Area girl, she's born and raised in San Francisco. She did, you know, cabaret um, all around the Bay Area in Berkeley. But she sang background for Tiggy Clay, according to Wikipedia. So I was like, who is Tiggy Clay? I thought it was a person, but it's kind of like a group. And so I was listening to some of their stuff and they have this really fun song called The Winner Gets the Heart. And it's kind of like this, like it's from the 80s, but it kind of has like this doo-wop feel, like um, kind of put your... Um, mind in the place of An Innocent Man by Billy Joel, how he was in the 80s, but kind of making like um, kind of doo y stuff like um, Uptown Girl and For the Longest Time. It kind of reminded me of that. And 
I don't think like the people in Tiki Clay are like singer singers. So I know like with Cindy on lead and like Rona and uh, Terry on backing, like they could probably do some really fun stuff with the harmonies. My fifth song is like, okay, so that song is up tempo. So then I wanted to kind of slide to like a slower song. This is like the first kind of ballad slow tempo, which is Lights by Journey. Okay, Journey. I just love Stephen Perry's voice. Um, he's one of my favorite singers. Like his voice just gets me so hyped, especially when he goes, you know, uh, and I want to be there. Yeah, like it just, you know, it gives me chills. But I think Cindy could pull him off. Whoever's producing it, like they can't let her slide, though, because sometimes I feel like on the current stuff, like they let her kind of like whimper through things. Like whoever did the vocals on Don't Let Go, they're like making her belt. Because, you know, you're doing Stephen Perry, you have to kind of push yourself. Um, but it is about, that's one of the only songs that's actually about the bay, when the lights go down on the city, and um, and the, I, what is it, the sun goes down on the bay. She's, a, you know, like, and I could even, like, a video, it could be, like, doesn't even have to be expensive, but just kind of showing, like, all of the clips of her performing around the bay area, her on Up and Coming, like, there's a lot of, um you know, views of San Francisco on that show. So, you know, like she has a connection to it. So I think that's kind of like just an emotional kind of song about where you're from and for her to, you know, be six decades in, you know, talking about where you're from. There's just that kind of like nostalgia to it. Um, so she, like when that song came out, she was like a, a pretty young thing, you know, going on auditions or trying to make, you know, stardom happen for her. So I think that, you know, that will be something special. And then it'll slide into You Just Don't Care by Santana, which is kind of like a very bluesy type of song. Song, and I think Rhonda can make it even more bluesy and just kind of belt it out. Um, and then it will go into kind of a higher tempo with Closer by Guapale. I love that song. Which, yeah, you heard that yes. song? Yeah, I always felt like that should have been a group song. Like, I never thought about In Vogue doing it, but I always thought in my mind that was a group song. Are we talking about Guapale closer to my dreams? Oh, yeah. wait, maybe I'm not thinking about that song. Uh, Oh, Matera, what's funny is that song when it came out was like the graduation anthem in the Bay Area. <laughs> Every single high school was, and middle school was playing that song at graduation. It, it had a chokehold on the Bay Area. <laughs> so I would love to hear that, by the That's a great choice. Yeah, and she's from Oakland. Like some people got extra points on um, being from Oakland. So she was one of them, I think. Out of everybody I've gone through so far, it's just the Pointer sisters and her that are actually from Oakland. Like, everyone else is from, like, San Francisco or East Bay or somewhere. But she's actually born Mm -hmm. in Oakland. That song will be harmonized. Like you said, um, it sounds like a group song. What song were you thinking it was, JP? I was thinking it was this other song by them called, um, I mean, by her called... um... Play. That's the song. It was called Play oh, by Guapo. I wanna know. Yeah. That's, that's a nasty that's a nasty yes. song. That's a good one. Okay. That's the song I was thinking about. Do you ever have you ever heard JoJo's in the dark? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. They feel similar. They're like they have they're very like uh. smoky beats. Like I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, that's that's, Believe, that's interesting, get out, JP. JoJo. Yeah. But it was like a mixtape later when she was like an adult. So, and then, uh, Josh, I got this one from you. You introduced me to this Baby. song. Okay. Talk about <laughs> it. So, 
Martha Wash, you, I just can't believe, like, I don't know, people are so soulful, which I don't know why, because California, we have, like, a great legacy of musical acting, but her voice is just so soulful, so I didn't know that she was from San Francisco, I thought she would have been from, like, D.C. or somewhere, um, but she's from San Francisco, California, and she has the song called Taking Away Your Space, Josh put me on to that last season, and I listen to it quite regularly now, it's just a tour de force vocal performance, I there thought it isn't... was two tons of fun, no? Well, it is technically two tons of fun. Oh. It, yeah, you are but right. It's it just is Martha on the track. Oh. It's, like mm-hmm. a, it's like a solo on the, the two tons of fun's album. Exactly. And so I just thought that would be very wonderful if um, like Rona could do that. I don't know if they will add um, like backing or anything. Um, but just to hear Rona sing that song, that would be phenomenal. You know, I feel like she could take that one home. And then I slid into another slow tempo song, You're Still a Young Man by Tower of Power. And I just want the, oh, uh, you know, I can't sing. I should have can't do sing all with that. Uh, so you're going to kill yours when you start doing all your, you know, your runs and stuff. When you're into your but um, yeah, I think that song, like, it's a very long song. So I don't want so. them to do the whole song in my mind. Like, they're just going to, like, you know, do, like, maybe one verse in the chorus. Um, and it's all acapella. And, you know, maybe just, like, do a whole lot of, like, uh, you know, riffs and stuff. And then, you know, just kind of slide out. Um, Tower of Power, they're from Oakland. So I wanted to make sure there was a lot of Oakland representation. Of course, there wasn't going to be any Keisha Cole on my list. I was listening for Tony, Tony, Tony songs. And, uh, you know, I just didn't find one that like, you know, I was like, you know, that I, I don't know that to me they would fit. I like listen to Club Nouveau songs and Time Mac Social Club songs. They just, you know, I, didn't, I there wasn't any that kind of stood out to me that I feel like, you know, there will be a reason for them to um, do. And so I was like, well, you know what? Like most of the songs um, were kind of, you know, not shocking so then I was like what if they did Primus I don't know if anyone remembers Primus from the 90s but they're like this really kind of wacky rock band and they like their bass their the, the bass always stood out to me because it would just be like dum, dum, dum. like it, like I don't know like somebody was just like sliding their fingers and like forks and knives over a bass but they have this uh fun song called John the Fisherman that I think Terry would have, uh, have fun doing lead on because according to her vocal coach, like she likes rock music. She listens to Green Day and Blink-182. And to kind of keep the tempo up, I went with another Sylvester song. So Josh probably knows this one. Um, and I think James Wirick also is from the Bay Area. He's a Bay Area legend anyway. So if he's not born there, like Sylvester, he wasn't born in the Bay Area, but he came to prominence in the Bay. And so James Wirick also came to prominence in the Bay. So paying tribute to them and keeping the party going don't stop you know that one josh i do yes i think that'll be a fun one to do i picked cindy to um to sing lead on it and i think it'll just you know get the party started i don't think that one is known too well probably in like you know if people just really 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 love music i didn't wasn't aware of it until i actually bought the uh the record because i had a friend who would always sing do you want to funk with me so it just got kind of like stuck in my ear so i was like well let me buy the whole cd so this is like an album cut i know he's performed it live um r.i.p sylvester when he was still living but i think it's like a party song that would be really good for them to do like it's pure dance music the last song is a mirage by tori Imoa. 
And that's like a little um, groove from last decade, I think, like it might have come out. Yeah, you have to get a little contemporary. So like, you know, pay, you know, just do someone who, you know, is current, not really up and coming because he's been out for a while. Tori Imois is one person. I feel like Terry could do the song justice and they could have a lot of fun with the harmonies that are there. Maybe rearrange them a little bit. And those are my tracks. That's my Bay Area, the Bay Area album, covers album. I live. I love that concept. I think that's like a really cool thing. You don't hear people do covers albums based on where they're from. That's an interest. I've never seen that before, unless y'all know. Yeah, I like the I like the concept. Now I don't know none. Of, I don't know none of those songs. Uh, but the concept is cute. Thank you. I'm sure I'm gonna get the least amount of votes though, but that's fine. Of course, I don't want. I'm surprised do- you didn't um, choose like Tony. Tony's doing song. like "Let's Get Down." That seems like uh huh. My reason for not picking that song is because I feel like "Let It Flow" to me. Like that's why I can never really get into "Let It Flow" because I felt like it was just like a knockoff of "Let's Get Down." So I feel like they've already done it, but just like a knockoff instead of the actual cover. So who who wants to go next? Who's brave to go after Matans? I'll go. Do it. <laughs> Ooh, the surprise the surprise list. <laughs> I'll go I'll go after I'll go after you, JP. I'll go after you. Okay. Okay, so the name of it, I guess I feel like it's basic now, because I feel like the bay is such a a nice, you know, concept and name of the album. But for me, I decided to call it Legendary Divas, you know, kind of like a playoff of Funky Divas, um, their biggest record and Legendary Divas. I like that name. Because it would be them like kind of paying tribute to some legendary women in the industry. So starting yes. off, I picked um, Anime by Natalie Cole. It has this kind of throwback 70s feel to it it's like at a nice up tempo it came out back in what was it 78 it it hit uh-huh. number six on the r&b charts just a little reference point but from there we would go to what can i do for you by labelle hey um and wait jp who's singing uh, natalie cole terry got lead on that because it's natalie or how is it going to be oh we need to do okay so i wasn't going to do the the least because in my mind like I you want only, the originals. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> In my mind, I can only really think about, like, the original four. So, I don't know. But, okay, but for anime, um, yeah, it would be it would be Terry singing lead on that. What can I do for you? Um, In my mind, it would be Dawn um, doing that. Um, after what can I do for you? It would be you're gonna make me love somebody else by the Jones Girls, which is a song I can't believe hasn't been remade yet because I think it's like an obvious to me that is like a smash record. It's such a good song, so I would go there. They did it on Instagram, and Jennifer Hudson was like, "Y'all better sing in the comments." That was cool. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, that sounds like Cindy to me. I mean, we need, I just got divorced and I'm mad as hell about it. And you're going to make me love somebody else. Like, very inspirational. I feel you like whoever, like the vocal producers kind of need to push them a little bit. Because you could get it out of her. I just feel like, you know, who, you know, the people who produce them have to kind of push. Like whoever pushed her on Don't Let Go. Like I had never heard her sing like that before. And I haven't really heard her sing like that after. But it was like, like what? 
happens in the studio where you make somebody sing like that. Like she really, you know, you didn't want him running in and out of her life. <laughs> well, you got to make a mad and like uh, Diddy uh, made the kids go get cheesecake by foot. So I don't know. You got to push them somehow. <laughs> you need a vocal producer. You need a vo- you need a vocal producer in the bo- in the booth with them. You know, helping them make certain choices. Be like, uh, uh-uh, do this note. Do this. You need somebody like that. Number four on the on the list is Automatic by the Pointer Sisters, and you know that's Maxine on lead. <laughs> Can she go that low? I think so. Ruth was like a tenor on that, or maybe even lower than a tenor. Like, I can't even sing. Look what you don't do. That is so uncomfortable for me to go all the way down there. I don't know how she did that. But I love that song. Like, the the production on that still feels, I don't want to say fresh. I don't think fresh is the right word. But (laughs) it still feels interesting. Like, I feel like certain elements of the production of that song have been used in, like, records years since. Um, like it has like this futuristic type of feel to it, which is um, really different for a song that came out. What was that? The eighties? Mm-hmm, Eighty three, I think, 80... on the breakout album. Yeah. So then, after that, we would go and shake things up and do meeting in the, in the ladies' room by Climax. Hey. Because Bernadette had like the sexy spoken part, it gives me Maxine kind of talking, a la Runaway Love sexy i don't know to me like bernadette i have to leave my condo to come to this <laughs> i have to leave my condo to come. like that makes well, Dawn, I think that's sexy you know. because i mean just her voice was low like it gave maybe i'm thinking about how me. she does it live i don't think i've ever seen him do it live but oh you have to watch them when they're at the uh i think it is it that it's somewhere in washington dc i think from like 2015 and they See, I would love for In Vogue to work with Climax, like a band, like a solid band. I'm sorry, I'm just uh, commandeering your list, but <laughs> I love Climax. And I love Bernadette Cooper. Like, she is so underrated. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bernadette Cooper. I like her. Um, but for lead on that one, I don't know. It's torn between uh, Terry and Dawn. Next up, we're going to take it more into the 90s with um, I Want You by Jody Watley. Oh, I picked okay. this song uh, specifically because this song is used on um, the Funky Divas interlude in the beginning. And, you know, like they're singing it or like Don is singing it before um, the prayer or whatever, before they have to be on stage. And I was I always loved like I never knew what that song was like when I would listen to the album because I just wasn't familiar with that Jody Watley song. But. Ever since then, I've loved that song, and I just want to hear them do it. And it kind of sounds like a group song, because the way Jody used to perform it, um, it was like she had her two little background singers, and they used to, I don't know, it, it gave me very much like a group. So, I Want You by Jody Watley. Then, I would do Love to Love You, Baby by Donna Summer. And then, after that, I would do If and When by Three Degrees. You gotta, you you gotta get into, go with this. Get into the list, baby. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. That's why it was a secret, okay? I know we gotta take it there. And to me, that is um, that is Terry and like I'm snapping, baby. I'm snapping. Maxine, Ugh, like, it's so Terry good. doing the lead part, and then Maxine doing um, uh, what's the other lady? I forget the lady's name, but. Yeah, but like most groups, there was like a core 
held it down during the most iconic era of the I know Grace Jones in her book. If it went, okay, I'm going to listen to it. Maybe you got to watch the live, if, the live performance specifically. Went, oh, my Lord. Like, when I first saw that, that live performance. And you got to watch them perform it. <laughs> yes. When I first saw that live performance, it was like, I, I became obsessed with the Three Degrees. And watching their, like, live shows, like, vocally, they were so good. Um, the one who used to sing lead a lot. What was her name? Um Sheila Ferguson. The like her tone is so clear and just Oh uh, Lord. I went Yes. Yes. I went I went down a <laughs> rabbit hole. And she of, sang with like, her being whole obsessed mouth, with the three honey. degrees. Like, <laughs> Every tooth was singing. <laughs> one of the best groups, I think, from that era. But I think they got eclipsed kind of by, you know, the Supremes and the whole Motown thing because they were they were signed to um, Philadelphia International, which is like a smaller, more independent label. But anyway, after If and When, I would do something a little bit more contemporary, which is um, The Arms of the One Who Loves You by Escape. Um, a, a Diane Warren battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tan, what? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're going to have them do a cover of your favorite group. <laughs> they are not my favorite group. <laughs> Escape is not my favorite group, but I do appreciate the ladies of Escape, and that is he gives them their flowers, huh? Wait, what you say? I said he. I, <laughs> wait, what you say, Chan? I said you give them their flower. I said you give them their flower well, I mean, all the time. You have to give <laughs> our ladies their flowers, okay? And they be sure to it. check out their new reality show on Bravo with SWV. <laughs> oh no, no, no! This is not a publicity moment. Oh no! I'm gonna spit on my tea, not on my laptop. <laughs> that was a good plug. That was a good that's plug. for your that's for your secret escape podcast on the side. Right. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. I mean, but I know what you won't be watching, Candy in the game, because it got canceled. But back to your list, JP. Shake. But yes, um, Arms to the One Who Loves You, it gives me, um, like on that song, Latasha and Tamika sing lead, I feel like I hear Don and Terry on that one. Ooh, Next. the duet that never happened. <laughs> Next, it would be Sending My Love by Janae. Ooh. Mm. Oh, I love that. And JP, those, like, you gonna make the me harmonies, cuss. like, I could just hear them, like, I would want them all to Ooh. sing that, like, in harmony together. Sending my love to you. Waiting to you. That's a good song. JP, you better, you better make this list. <laughs> then next, I would do. This is kind of random, but I felt like I could hear it. But, um, and actually, I kind of hear Rona on this song, but it would be All Around the World by Lisa Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when that was a new song when I was a little yay high little boy riding around in my mom's Toyota Tercel. <laughs> and oh my God, that song was everywhere. 
Yeah, and but I could hear this be I could hear like a slower version, like a kind of a flipped version, not like a straight up cover, like the same type of production. But something about it being a little bit more slower and more romantic, because this is about looking for like the love of your life and you looking around the world. I want to hear some passion, some sultriness into it. So that's why I would get Rona to sing that part and just make it very like soulful and passionate. Next, I would do Never Ever by All Saints. Now I'm shocked. All Saints, the British girl group. Yes, All Saints. Why were you dipping on no, my list? No, I swear to God. <laughs> that was on my list before I saw your list. I promise. <laughs> and that's why I was I was very tickled because I was like, I think we have some. I'm about to make edits to my list while y'all talk. Keep talking. Um, but yeah, never ever because I just think that song would be really good with better vocals. Um, I think it's a really good song, a good, really good melody. Um, the vocals just lack on the original. So with In Vogue, I feel like it could really be like a powerful, you know, moment. And the last song is The Peace de Resistance. It is one of my favorite songs that I think never got the justice that it deserved. This one is like the ultimate diva ballad, um, Missing You by Brandy, Tamia, Gladys Knight, and Shaka Khan. Um, which was from the Set It Off soundtrack. A little... What? Yes. Oh my... That's a great choice. And I would love to just hear all four that of the ladies a, that on That is it. a really... That's a... I mean, even if it wasn't just... Even if it wasn't giving us just due, I feel like it's still pretty beloved. So I feel like that's a hard one to try to cover. But yeah. But yeah, I think... I think Missing You is such a good song. I would love to hear, you know, their take on it. Maybe like a a string version, a sh- kind of a strip, but not completely stripped, but like a nice little, I don't know, something so you can really get into the vocals and the feel and the emotion of the song. But yeah, those are my 13 songs. I love this, especially like the last one. I think just what the song is about, of course, when you think of Set It Off, you probably think of Cleo getting, you know, lit up in that car. But in the context of them being a girl group, like you are my sister, my strength and my pride, you know, yes. like in have, knowing their history, like, you know, it kind of speaks to them too. So that will be kind of a hauntingly beautiful ending to the record, especially if you got all five of the ladies to do it. That would be really nice. That would mm-hmm. be nice. And or, and or six, but yeah. Oh wait! Did I say for love to love you, baby? I would want Cindy to sing lead on that, and I know that might go against that might go against her good Christian values as a saved woman. But I want to hear her <laughs> orgasming and climaxing and moaning. Really? Yeah. Yes, I want to hear. That's what Donna Summer did. Like I want to hear all that. Well, Donna Summer had a lot of issues with that song after she wouldn't perform it anymore. I know. But I need I <laughs> I need Cindy to put that to the side, and she's a single woman now, and she's got to think <laughs> she's got to think about Omarion yes. and his brothers, and just love to love you, like feel it, uh. And it it's between All Saints Never Ever, it was really between that, and it was or lately by Divine. I couldn't decide which one, and this was hard because I didn't include the Supremes or any of the some of the, the emotions, some of my favorites, but. I didn't want to do something that was like super expected, like to hear, you know, a list of a bunch of Supremes and Martha Nevendellas and them. 
So I kind of wanted to to a uh, uh, a mix of different eras and sounds. So your turn, champ. So let me paint the picture for you. <laughs> so the name of this album is called In Vogue Forever, the covers album. So I'm thinking of a live album or like a live show where they're performing in a location like the House of Blues. So I'm thinking of that. Very much like these, I wanted to do songs where they, where it kind of, you had songs that captured their essence, songs that were tributes, and then songs that kind of gave them a fresh sound to kind of attract, you know, a younger audience. So the songs that I have are like a mixture. And I would love for them to work with like a great musical director like Adam Blackstone, you know, you know, to kind of kind of give that really like effervescent, like live feel. So that's my vision of the whole thing. Anyways, so um, so this whole list is curated as if as if I was sitting in the House of Blues watching the ladies perform and it could be all five or it could be the 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 present three whichever, wherever your imagination takes you. So the first, um, the first on my list that will be opening the show is We Will Rock You. I thought, me thinking like, okay, if you have like a great MD um, and, and added some harmonies, I feel like the girls could serve like a We Will Rock You type of anthem to kind of open up the show to get the entire audience involved. And, you know, we're all kind of up like, are they doing We Will Rock You? You know, like that thing. And from that song, we transition into Lady Marmalade. Um, kind of like marrying the rock feel is Lady Marmalade, which is an, which is an iconic song. And I had the idea that on the show, Patty can come out, you know, and 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 uh, climax the song with her <laughs> with her obviously iconic voice. So seeing in Vogue on stage with Patty Labelle, that would be to me would be pretty iconic. Um, and then. Uh, after that, transitioning into Wild Card will be One Thing by Anne Marie. Um, but in my mind, Dawn is leading this song. I feel like In Vogue doesn't really have any, any songs for like now. And One Thing is like such a popular song. I, I would be interested to kind of see like their stage presence. The uh, the choreography, the outfits, you know what I mean? Cindy with her inches, maybe Rona with a ponytail. Just I would love to see that type of thing. Um, but Dawn, in my mind, her voice fits the song more than all five of them. Um, and then from one thing, I have them covering Remember the Time by Michael Jackson. Um, it's really because, like, if you listen to all those harmonies of the intricate details on Room at a Time, they're very, they're so sultry, they're so, like, um, um, magical, like, uh, I bet you remember, I bet you remember the time, all that. I'm like, if you had, like, a, a musical director and, like, a vocal producer kind of, like, update those harmonies to kind of fit in vogue and kind of give them these really good harmonies. I feel like that would sound really, really good. And Rona, to me, is, is singing that lead, uh, mainly. Or even Maxine, who knows? 
Um, so from Remember the Time, we go into Tony Braxton's Long As I Live. Y'all know that that's my song. Oh, I think and, we talked about this on the show yes, before. Yeah. I've always said, like, uh, whoever produced, well, I think Babyface the team produced that song for Tony Braxton, and it was, it was taking over radio. So I'm like, whoever wrote that song, produced that song for Tony Braxton, need to get with In Vogue and give them some new music to, to be radio friendly. Because when I tell you, Long As I Live, I heard everywhere. Every time I turn on the radio, I think I was even doing Lyft at the time. <laughs> when I was doing Lyft and had passengers, Long As I Live was always on the radio. But yeah, so that. But I would love to hear them do um, Long As I Live. So from that song, because uh, the whole first five tracks are like kind of up-tempo dance records. They're very high energy. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of moving into like ballad territory. Um, and so from Long As I Live, you go into Brandy's Have You Ever. I'm just thinking like the girls... I, I, I imagine how long as I live uh, ending, the lights go down, ladies do a quick outfit change, they come with microphones in these beautiful gowns, and they start singing the intro to Have You Ever acapella in harmony. That, to me, would be so freaking dope. Um, so yeah, so Brandy's Have You Ever. And then this is also a wild card from Have You Ever, they go into Leanne Womack, I Hope You Dance. Now, that is a I don't shift. know if t- it's a shift, but I only said it because I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this group from YouTube called Resound. It's three people um, and they uh, they kind of went viral a lot because they do a lot of covers. Their, their most famous one is they did like a mashup of Disney songs and these are really, really like dope, intricate gospel harmonies. Um, but Resound has a version of I Hope You Dance and it sounds so good and and Vogue is known for their harmonies but they're known for like that that old school you know Johnson Sisters Pointer Sisters type of harmony and I would love to hear them do like some more uh, updated gospel type of harmonies with just the three of them so yeah so I I actually sing out the link so y'all can hear what I'm talking about but if if Vogue did this version it'll be a start um, so yeah, so I hope you dance, Leon Womack, and then you're gonna go into Beyonce's XO, which um, is still kind of mellow, but it still has like an upbeat sound to it. Um, I feel like Cindy or uh, Rona could lead that song. Um, it's, I, XO is actually one of my favorite songs off that Beyonce album. I think it has such a good feel to it. Um, it's very anthemic, you know, and then you can get the crowd involved. So, yeah. So then from XO, they will be singing Brownstones, If You Love Me. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why Invoke has never covered this song because it's such a great song. The harmonies are great. I mean, so I guess some people would, would argue that perhaps... Um, I mean, even Brownstone can't sing the song. No more. <laughs> <laughs> the the song the song is high. Like I did this song for karaoke, um, and when I went to Aruba, and I'm like, damn, like this is a high song, and they got to sing this high the entire time. So it is a difficult song to sing, but I feel like in Vogue, uh, maybe if they brought the key down, but it's very harmony heavy. So I would love to hear them do that song, and then from If You Love Me, um, the we're gonna pick up the tempo even more to do I'm so excited hey 
I really want to. I really want to see the girls in bodysuits with fringe or like with crystal crystals dangling. I want to see something that I want to see uh, Terry and Cindy in a bodysuit. You know, dancing around a stage, maybe with some dancers, maybe with some male dancers. I would love. I don't think. I, have we ever seen Invoke with dancers before? Yes. Well, yeah, back in the day, but not recently. Oh yeah, yeah, not, not yeah. We, we danced before, yeah, okay, but not recently. I want to see them with some dancers. I want to see them with some male dancers, some fine male dancers, probably four of them, in in the little pockets or whatever. Like do some little cute little steps or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited. Um, and then lights go down, another outfit change. We uh, go back to some ballads, and I want to hear In Vogue do "Unbreak My Heart" by Tony Braxton again. Um, I don't know who can lead the song because you need somebody who can really do that, like that ending. That, Without you, I just can't go. That one, yeah, Rona, I feel like Rona can do that. What if they flipped and, it and just did a harmony, like a uh, for the big note, like? Oh! Period. That would be great too. That could be fun. That's something they should have did on the Mass Singer. Oh, yes. I'll get irritated. <laughs> the moment with that song yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, but, but even, even hearing them do something like "Unbreak My Heart" would be mm-hmm. really that would have been good. Hearing them do it like that's in the harmony. song they kept. Don't let go even, out of the number one spot, right? "Unbreak My Heart," I believe. Unbreak My Heart is like, is like an iconic. It's an it's an iconic ballad. I mean, Diane Warren did her did her big one on this song. I don't know if this is the appropriate time, but I was reading something that talks about how the reason why Diane Warren became so popular is because like like people like Clive Davis and other industry people like made it mandatory. Like they made you have to have a Diane Warren record, and because. Like this one producer that worked with Faith was saying how like one of his records couldn't make Faith's album because they had to put this Diane Warren song up there. It was like they kind of they kind of positioned uh-huh. it in a way where it was like they bullied people in the industry, like especially black artists, I should say. Um, like they kind of bullied these artists to kind of make them um, have this like pop crossover record. Um, and sometimes she got placements over other black producers on some of those records. I thought it was I think really that was, was, that a, I think that was a Twitter thread. I think Craig Seymour might have did that. Yes. Craig Seymour. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think, uh, yes. That was, was a really him. good person I was to like, follow. Wow. Really, really good person to follow. Yeah. I thought that was just so interesting because she, like, there were no, no black, you couldn't be a black female singer in the late 90s and not have a Diane Warren record. But what I didn't realize was that some of them didn't really want <laughs> to do those records. Well, that makes sense because Invo kind of said when they had, well, Magazine, I remember it was Magazine who said when they got the Too Gone Too Long demo, she didn't really care for it. Um, I don't think any of them really cared for it, so they probably were one of the acts that kind of got bullied into doing that song. And then with um, Why the, Why the Fools Fall in Love soundtrack, No Fool No More, like, I don't have it, I like, I like the song, but it's just like the, you know, when you have a big song, like, I don't want to lose I don't want to miss a thing that Aerosmith did and then No Fool No More. It's just kind of like, you know, just as the kids nowadays would say, it's just kind of mid. And, but then, you know, like she gets nominated for Oscars, you know, every so often. And so that's probably why Sylvia was like, well, if, you know, we get you to do this soundtrack, um, you know. you. But don't win. I mean, it didn't, but I'm just saying like, they didn't know that it was going to win. It, but the probability, you know, it's probably a better probability because you have somebody. But this is very interesting to me. I did not know that. It's kind of sad too. 
it's very it's very political versus like it's about the art it's about the authenticity of the artist it's like oh we want you to do a crossover Diane Warren is the best option so we need to put you on white radio too so do the song you know it's, it's very political although these these songs are iconic like but it's it's very political and also I didn't realize though this is so off topic but I didn't realize that for some of the black artists that did those Diane Warren songs like to get them to cross over at radio they wouldn't even like put their face on like the single cover they w- it would be like some random picture. Like, for example, like for Escapes, The Arms of the One Who Loves You, they're not even on the, the cover of that single. It's like four microphones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, I was like, it was just so fascinating hearing kind of like, I always thought people loved that or I always just respect her because she was such like a known writer. But hearing how, you know, they kind of made people work with her or, or whatever, for whatever reason, um, I just thought that's so interesting. Very interesting. But beautiful songs, nonetheless. Uh, be- beautiful songs. Beautiful song. <laughs> beautiful gowns. Um, so from Unbreak My Heart, I'm continuing with the with the ballad, but more modern take, and I chose Danny D. Kane's Ride For You. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ride For You is actually one of my favorite Danny D. Kane songs. I feel like Brian Michael Cox, he did his big one on the song. That piano intro is so intoxicating. And and then to kind of hear, uh, well, we kind of heard In Vogue do like modern R&B with Rocket. But I feel like this song, it has such a like poetic um, rhythm to it. Lately, I've been trying to find whatever pulling aside that. Like that. I'm like, I want to hear, I uh, hear I Cindy, hear Cindy or mm-hmm. even Terry even running like, like. I can really hear Rose. Yeah, for sure. I can't stand the way Aubrey says. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she sings like in a weird way with her mouth. It's really, really weird. But yeah. You can't tell that lady she can't sing. <laughs> okay. She did. She did a song with Todd Carr recently, and I didn't think she sounded good at all. And she also has a new single out, and I don't think she sounds good either. But well, she's in a transitional period in her life. We'll, yeah, because we'll... she got a, she got OnlyFans too. Oh wow! This is the OnlyFans Diane Warren episode. OnlyFans and Diane Warren. Okay. Um. So from Ride for You, that's the name uh, of the, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> OnlyFans and Diane Warren. That's gotta be yes. <laughs> that's the name of this episode. Covers OnlyFans and Diane Warren. Um. So from Ride for You, we're kind of singing mellow, and I have Fix You by Coldplay. Ooh, I love that um, song. Yeah. Fix You is such a great song and it's such a mm-hmm. what's it called Fix You lights will guide you home I will try to fix you yeah I I feel like that's one song that well that's one like white song that a lot of black people love um, cause it and then it's such a uh, an anthem song like if you ever watch a Coldplay live performance the entire stadium is singing that song like it's it's just a it's a very like um community type of uh, vocal whatever you want to call it but yeah so Fix You by Coldplay and then from there we're going to kind of pick up the pace and I have Queen by Janelle Monet. I love Janelle Monet, um, and and the the song is real funky it's real modern but funny thing is uh, see, you know Erica Badu is, is featured on that song so I thought it would be cool like imagine you see the three the three present members um, singing that song and then when it gets Erica, Erica Badu's part 
Maxine walks on stage and she does that 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 everybody's part because it, it it very much sounds like Maxine uh, that one part play that play that part Matt so we can hear <laughs> um, but yeah so Maxine come on that part and then when we get to Janelle's part where she's rapping. I thought it would be cool if Don came out and rapped that part, you know, because Don is the one that rapped on. Um, which I was it? Was it Funky Divas or was it we're the same? Funky Divas. Um, but I thought it would be kind of cool to like bring Maxine and Don out, but that's just my imagination. But yeah, Queen by Chanel Monet, and then this is a, we gonna speak that into existence. And then this is another wild card um, from Queen. You go into a song by the Coors called Breathless. Do you know believe me, Breathless. Go on, go on, yeah. Come on, leave <laughs> Who me also Alice. competed on the Mass Singer? Oh wow! Yes, but it's it's a it's a very stripped country song. But I feel like with the right musical direction, with some added harmonies, I feel like it can be updated um, to to fit in vogue the aesthetic and give them something new to do as well. And then from Breathless, the last song. Um, on this album is a dance track. You probably guys probably don't even know the song because um, it's such a newer artist, but his name is Vincent. He can be on the floor. He has a song called Higher. Um, and so I'm like, I feel like uh, In Vogue needs a dance track. Um, and this song is just it's just very like vibrant. It's very high energy. Um, it's very soulful vocals, and it has great harmonies. Um, so I feel like it would be a great thing to end the show on this note. So Vincent Higher, and that is my Invoke Forever the covers album. I actually just put that Ooh. on the playlist. I put that song. I put just put that song on the playlist yesterday. That's really really good. yeah yeah. It's- I feel I feel like he's a good answer to Taja Call. You know, because the, the people, the yes. people, the people ain't here for 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 good old Toddy no more. I love Toddy. I do too. <laughs> he he is talented. I have to kind of do like a a, a re up of like his newer stuff. So yeah, there's my list. Okay, a live covers album. That's hot. We are all approaching it from very different perspectives because. Champ literally has creative directed the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> the entire show. Down to the outfits and the where the changes will happen. <laughs> yes, I live. I live. I actually think a live covers album will probably be the easiest to execute. You know what I yeah. mean? Like compared to the others. And we don't have um, to worry about the producers really. We just need a good MD. Exactly. Exactly. Like a good MD with a great band. Who knows how to transition? And I mean, Adam Blackstone is, is is like a legend in this game. He's actually MD in the Grammys this Sunday, um, but he just know he just knows. So yeah. Do you guys like the other the In Vogue live album that is out live and from Alabama? I, I like Cindy with, um, doing Andrew. three oh, with that awful Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for me. It starts and ends with Cindy doing free by Denise Williams. That's pretty oh well and terry doing just can't stay away that's it the rest of it um you know it can stay where it's at and where that is no one knows but yeah i think them doing a new a new covers a new live album is definitely important but yeah go ahead oh take us home josh so I've been tweaking a little bit because somebody um, was poaching your list. We we no, got some. Don't be trying to go last. Don't be trying to go last. I will note where there was consistency, but I have 
pivoted a bit. Um, <laughs> so um, I think I mentioned on the last episode when we were talking about this and the idea came for this episode um, that I was a really big fan of a, an album by Natalie Imbruglia called Mail, where she just called it Mail and she did all uh, covers of uh, songs that were traditionally done by men through the lens of a woman. But anyway, so I just called this album Girl as a nod mm-hmm. to girl groups. And so it's kind of a weird mix of both like the hits from some of some really obvious on the nose hits from girl groups, but also some like deep cuts and maybe some girl groups that people aren't familiar with. I think that's like my favorite listening experience when it comes to a covers album is when it's a mix of um, things I, I can expect and maybe might feel a little bit more traditional, but also things I didn't expect or songs I just didn't know at all. So um so yeah, that's where I kind of went with it. Um, my first song was You Gonna Make Me Love Somebody Else by the Jones Girls. But then I flipped it to Nights Over Egypt by the Jones Girls because I still think the Jones Girls have a ridiculous approach to harmony that I think In Vogue would just have a really fun time with. But I imagined like an updated version of Nights Over Egypt that was maybe like more house house feeling like deep soulful kind of house music that could take its time like i want i want eight minutes of nights over egypt (laughs) (laughs) um and i just think the like the backgrounds on that could be kind of insane so that's where i wanted to start it and then i went a little contemporary and included one of my favorite songs during the pandemic which was ungodly hour by chloe and hallie yeah which i think could really actually benefit from having more harmony on it especially like a third person so i think that song could be richer and more interesting and it feels like because i'm like i'm like a sequencing kind of girl so the house part from nights over egypt i think would transition into the similarly kind of housey vibe of ungodly hour so then i take us on a left turn to the good girls your sweetness which is a song i just kind of love hey, and i think it's high energy your sweetness, and yes. my similarly could use a better vocal <laughs> shout out to the so, la girls and did you see them on like this i was a soul trained dancer and they said like originally their name was going to be vogue no i didn't see that is that the bet series it's on the... like youtube like youtube has a um like a series of interviews with soul train or former soul train dancers and i never knew they were soul train dancers oh, wow. but i think i went to westchester so they're probably stuck up you know that's the stereotype of westchester girls from the 80s and you know the 80s they're probably really stuck up but um yeah they were on they were soul train dancers and their name was going to be vogue and it's so funny because like i remember them before they came out before in vogue if i remember correctly they were out before in vogue i remember and i had like a, a signed picture because they're la girls my mom met them somehow and they're a catholic school girl uniform with the sweaters yeah. and then the ball just came and <laughs> blew them out of the water well, sorry ladies <laughs> um but in vogue i want them to come and take your song now too um <laughs> so your sweetness is just so it's so energetic to me and i think it's a lot of fun and uh i i would i would be interested to see how in vogue would reimagine that um so this is kind of my like 80s girl group moment of the of the album because I actually would transition them into makeup by Vanity Six, which I think is a weird yes. choice, but because it's largely a spoken track because mm-hmm. Vanity Six wasn't 
quite the vocal acrobats. <laughs> uh, but um, I could really imagine. There's also a, a really fun version of it by Jante, the choreographer that Beyonce used for Freakum Dress. I love that version. <laughs> I um, love that version. But I can imagine some ridiculous harmony things happening in the background or it's like crazy vocal things happening while the things are being spoken. So anyway, I just think that's like mm-hmm. a fun detour. Um, and then I went to Shadow Lover by Mary Jane Girls. I just wanted something that felt girl group adjacent, but was maybe more was a slower, more uh, ballady kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I just really love the Mary Jane Girls, that Mary Jane Girls album. I am keeping Never Ever on my track list <laughs> by All Saints. I too, when I heard it, I was like, ooh, these were kind of struggle vocals a little bit. But there is like a, the essence of the song, I could just hear like even the verses of like, my head spin. I could hear Cindy doing it. So, um, there's just a lot of moments in that song that I think would be fun to play around with. Um, I transitioned that into Use Your Heart by SWV, just because I think I want to hear more slow jam kind of songs out of In Vogue. And I think SWV just is such a, it's a, an amazing song. Um, Who's going to do Taj's part? That's my question. That's my favorite part I, of the song. I Taj's would give part. it to Rona. I think I would give it to Rona. If I, we were talking about the current lineup, I would, cause I imagine this with the three ladies now. I didn't sort of take into account any of the other ladies. So I think Rona would fit it the I best. I think she's the only one who could do it. Like no one's voice is really that low naturally besides hers. Yeah. Then I moved us back over across the pond to, uh, the Sugar Babes and they have a ballad from the early 2000s called Too Lost in You that I really love. It's builds in a crazy way. It's like sugar vibes, sugar vibes. <laughs> and um, I think it could be really fun to listen to a pop ballad, like a really pop ballad, um, get done by In Vogue. Then I move us back over here to uh, the emotions. Don't ask my neighbors. Hey. Um, just because that's such a good, freaking song um like every version of that song every version of that song is good like every version um because there's a lot of versions of that song there's emotions got one obviously tisha campbell and tashina arnold got their version (laughs) i think nancy wilson had a version it's a lot of versions do you know who Um, did that song who wrote it was it maurice i don't okay i'll look it up I have to look that up. It probably was though, because that was like that era. I think they were that was ex- they were exclusively with Maurice at the time. Um, I went from there to um, I added this as a late addition, but I added "Not Ready to Make Nice" by the Chicks, which formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. I think that could be a country moment, but like that was their kind of not so country moment. But I still think it would be. Uh, uh, interesting take to explore. I can hear Terry on that. I could definitely hear Terry on that. Yeah. Um, and then I also included LaBelle, but I included um, one of my favorite songs, which is called You Turn Me On. Um, it is like a torchy, big ass vocal moment. Um, and it's also like pretty sexual in its connotation because literally the. She talks about men in like the yeah. The chorus is like the pouring rain each time you call my name, 
it's good it's good what you're doing what you're doing it's good yeah oh. it's a but it's a well, big song Lady Marmalade was about a but street yeah, walker but yeah it was about so a street walker she wasn't the street walker in the song though <laughs> like that could be the di- I mean I'm not a prude or anything I'm just shocked that Patty Patricia Holt was singing about yeah. <laughs> being moist and very yes. moist <laughs> so that would be up for me and then I did a mashup of um, Inseparable by Natalie Cole which would because of the sample would transition into If by Destiny's Child Ooh, which is a standout track on um, the what I think is one of the best Destiny Child albums, Destiny Fulfilled. 100%. <laughs> uh, I also included uh, Jeanne, but I included a, a deep cut called Love Me Today. It is a beautiful ballad, like stunning ballad. Actually, Jeanne, all of Jeanne's deep, that whole first album is just like start to finish stunning. Um, so I included that. Because I'm a Spice Girls fan, I had to throw in some Spice Girls. So I wanted to do another ballad moment called, uh, with Two Become I One. I love that song. Those strings. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, it's like strings and like... it's Two Become One is a great song. It really is a great song. <laughs> and also sexual. <laughs> but it's good in your window. Um, I like how they did that. You know, I that video like that's probably the, like a moment where like because I know like people look at them as caricatures, but like you like you cannot take that away from them. They were like a serious act there. Like that song is just be. I still listen to that song every now and then. It's the it's the ending for me. It's the, the when they they the little band is like breaking yeah, down the at the end. Oh yeah, they be going off. Yes. Yeah, they like in the live versions of it, the band would go even harder on that part, and it was really dramatic, like really dramatic. So yeah, and then I uh, included the last track, uh, an acapella version of "Will You Still Love Me?" "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow" by the Shirelles. Yay! And I had a bonus track because I thought about this after the fact, but. Um, I thought it would be interesting to maybe as like a hidden track, bonus track, whatever, they would do Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's. And that is my album. So, folks, listeners now, so you've heard our albums. You have heard our albums. Um, Listeners can now vote for their favorite track listing by casting their vote at the link that will be in our show notes. So if you're listening um, on a podcast platform, check out the show notes. If you're on YouTube listening, check out the description. And uh, we will be posting the link also on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send um, your thoughts and your fave, uh, your fave album, uh, your favorite albums by email at part of us evf at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on the youtube video below uh we'll share the results on our next episode may the best host win okay so on to submitted letters so a question was submitted to us last year from someone we are so sorry but we did not remember who submitted this to us it may have come from twitter but the questions are what new girl groups do you see being a good successor to in vogue and what would you like to see from En Vogue in 2023? Well, I think all the successors to En Vogue have already been out at this point. <laughs> like, you, the successors were, what, Destiny's Child and 702 and, you know, 
whoever else was out back in the day. At this point, I don't think there are any there really aren't any girl groups that are really doing much um, or bringing much to the table. I don't think people want to be in groups anymore. I think it's all about kind of individual attention. And just to paraphrase Nene, like the people in girl groups nowadays, they're starless. Yeah. <laughs> there are no stars in the group. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the, at the moment, I do feel as if um, the group flow is are really storming the scene. Um, they have they have a show out here in LA and it's sold out, but I'm just saying like for them to be a UK group and have such a, no a huge reception with no album and with not a lot of like mainstream like performances, whatever, like they're still fairly new. So the fact that they have a sold out show out here in LA and in other cities out here in America is kind of kind of cool for them. Um, but yeah, I I'm a fan of them. I think Flo is doing a really good job to be an art to be an R and B group. Like their sound is very '90s nostalgia. And whoever is their producer, baby, all of their live uh, performances are so well. Oh, you know who you know who vocal arranges for them? Uh, who you know M N E K? Yeah, I think he's the one that's doing. He had the song Never Forget You with Zara Larson. It was like a pop song. No, well, I'm going to tell you this. I, I am consistently underwhelmed by Flo. I feel like they sound terrible. The songs are boring, <gasps> underproduced. I saw what? a performance of them from the, I think it was the Mobo Awards. Oh, that's not the performance horrible. to watch. They were they off. Sound no, it was an off performance. No. Uh-uh, you, you are you are as good as your last performance. It's one thing to be in a but see here's the thing. The mobile awards is like live. You got one shot to do that. Versus these other performances that I've seen of them where it's just them in a studio somewhere singing. You can record that a hundred times until you get it right. What we see what we saw on that stage, I think at the mobile awards is very indicative of who they are and that is underwhelming. <laughs> I do not see it for them. At I dis all. I disagree. I see it for them very much. So I think they're great. Their EP is so good. I, I literally can't listen to the entire thing all the way through. And then they're they're uh they have a performance of Not My Job. It's not my job to make it feel comfortable. First, that song is so good. I mean, like I listen to that thing over and over and over. Like they're really good. But other than that, most of the girl groups that have come into existence have not lasted. So, it was, well, what would you like next? to see from In Vogue? Um, was the the second part of the question? I would just say everything: movies, music videos, fashion spreads, hit songs. It might not be realistic, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah, it's not. I over. would like to see a reunion in twenty twenty three. One hundred percent. Period. I just think that they should be focusing on like legacy building mm-hmm. in twenty twenty three. I agree. Like, what is the what is the next level of legacy for In Vogue look like? To like. To literally like solidify in the the same way that we've seen other groups and other singers get Soul Train Awards, this award, whatever. We have to figure out how these ladies can be seen as the, the you know, historic group that they are. And better merchandise. Agreed. As soon as they had that reunion, I think it could happen. Now we're going to get into the next letter from Romello, our boy Romello. Hey, y'all, it's your boy Romello. Hey, Hi, Romello. Here are some songs Evie should cover. Amy Stewart, Knock on Wood, which is a cover, interestingly enough. Cover Girls, What a Pun, Funk Boutique, 
Cover Girls, Wishing on a Star, which is also a cover of Rolls Royce, Deborah Cox, Absolutely Not, Destiny's Child, Cater to You. I like that song. Absolutely Not. I've never heard mm-hmm. that, but that's one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> Absolutely not. Should I wear my hair in ponytails? People, people use I- that on Twitter a lot as a meme, too. She has a performance where she's performing Absolutely Not, and people will use it over and over and over again. Okay. Destiny's Child catered to you. Destiny's Child girl. Destiny's Child Romello. I lose my breath. Oh, that's all the Destiny Shout no more. Destiny Shout Romello. Expose, Point of No Return. New Shoes, I Can't Wait. Ooh, a Three Degrees song. Three Degrees. Um, wait, no, not Three Degrees. Three Days Grace. No, Look at me not being able to read. Three Days Grace, Never Too Late. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, YouTube that one, Romello. Thank you so much for your Destiny Child covers album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, those are good choices, Romello. Thank you. Um, and our next and last letter comes from email by A.W. And he says, hey, fellow fan clubbers, I'll make the first list short and concise and we'll follow up with the second. Letter. OK, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Later, because I'm still amazed that others sit and can pontificate upon in vogue with such admiration as myself. OK. Uh, here, are, here are his choices for. Um, a de- Wait a minute! Uh, I think we're skipping a part of the letter. <laughs> we are, child. <laughs> okay, he's he says. Aw says, I'm yeah, still, quit I'm, it no, about I'm, deep girl. I'm gonna do it. 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 <laughs> the, I'm, he says, I'm still amazed that others sit and can pontificate. Great word upon in vogue with such admiration as myself. Yeah, quit about D-Girl, not cool. You're another Dawn fan, great. Um, if you're not the boss of us, please. <laughs> <laughs> you will pay for your crimes. The Dawn fans are not going to... St- we are not taking it anymore. <laughs> oh, the shade, the tea, the shade, the tea. Um... Uh, it's that, it's More that on meme, that. It's that <laughs> meme um, from Housewives of Orange County, which is like, it's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I was saying to that. Um, so continues with the letter. They already recorded the covers. It just needs to be compiled and marketed. Yeah. So the choices that AW has chosen is Rocksteady. Oh, and, and W has also chosen the leads for these songs as well. Well, these um, they've already done them. It's a compilation. It, yeah, these are songs they've already done. Like oh, Dawn already he, did. Oh, well, Rona is doing is at least doing one song. Thank you for uh, giving her um, some scraps. <laughs> but um, so Rocksteady, uh, Dawn, Flowers, Cindy, it's you that I need, Terry. What is this song? G- what is that? G H S H C F. I don't know what that song. Giving him something he can feel. Oh, Don. Well, that's already on the album. Um, what can that's I what do? He's that's what's being said. It's like they already recovered. They already recorded the covers. We just need to compile it. So this is no creativity. Oh, nothing. He, just oh, a compilation. Okay. Oh, I thought that. I thought that they were doing giving us ideas. Oh, these are just songs that they were already covered. Oh, great. Well, I don't want if wait. If what they, is what is if they've already what, covered what is, it? It's you it. that I need by Terry. What is that? What is what? It's you from Terry's solo album. What the, um, it's you that I need. It's you that I need. Oh. Won't come home or something like that. It's from Southern Girl. But who's the original? Like who's it's a male group? I want to say Enchantment. 
Right. Oh, okay. I'm going to just keep going. Um, the other song that covers What Can I Do, Proud Mary, Tell Me Something Good, Heard It Through the Grapevine, and Respect, Square Biz, Our House, Just Can't Stay Away, Best of My Love, Lady Marmalade, which is on my covers list, How Deep Is Your Love, I'm Your Baby Tonight, and To Be Real. I've actually never heard Rona cover I'm Your Baby Tonight, but I would love to hear it. I sent um, you the link. By the way, the end of the show... Okay, please. By, by the way, the end of the show had me hollering and rolling on the floor cleaning, cooking, <laughs> that part of the episode had me on the floor too. Um, y'all way too hard on that song, Terry Merks. Um, I love when she can croon in her light and airy chill range and sing them notes. True also, that's my only critique about Amanda, though she was a good replacement for Dawn and if you squinted, you would get the two confused. However, she didn't add her own style and to me tries way too hard to sound way too much like Terry, in my honest opinion. Uh, ooh, later. Well, thank you, A.W., for uh, your contribution to the to the episode. Um, don't take our shade. Don't take our shade too literally. You know, we're all just and, friends and they here. Will, they will start going easy on Don. They will. We're working on it. We're, we are. We're, I said that on the YouTube. We are working on it. We don't want to. We don't want to feel like we're dogpiling and like we're just being biased because we do. We do love Don, just not a lot of her choices. If we get a sponsorship, maybe you know people can tell us what to do. You know, we'll start thinking Stop. about editing ourselves. But you know, other than that, enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, A.W. for your Cut letter. Cut the check we and we can you. adjust. Thanks okay. for listening. Okay, now we're getting into a rare tracks. The song of the day is Never Stop. Terry featuring N.J. Brasco, a rapper producer from France. marketed as in vogue featuring nj but it's sully terry on the track denzel foster confirmed this in the craze and there's also a behind the scenes video of the recording session showing terry alone recording the song has a video credited to K2 Rhythm, Willie Denzi, and In Vogue showing a poor scene rapper and a lackey in various states of stereotypical rap behavior from the naughties, a random shopping trip to Macy's, a wife beater. Surprisingly, there were no cornrows with wooden beads. There are a couple of versions of this song floating. Do we know what multiple versions were produced? Do we think Carrie knew that this would be marketed as an In Vogue collaboration? Don't ask me. <laughs> Wait, does this mean typical stereo? Oh, rap behavior from the nineties. The naughties. That's the two thousand. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, and they're coming back. Yeah, the the knots. Um, I'll say about this. I didn't like the song. Of course, that's no surprise. Um, but what I really don't like is kind of like it being um credited to invoke because at this point it's like you're littering their discography now and it's not it's only one person on the track and it's the person who's always like 
oh, you know, we have all of this integrity and we don't ride the bandwagon, all this stuff. But then you make a song talking about this is what I'm about. Oh, you bout it, bout it and ride it, ride it. You make this song that's like, what was out at the time but it's like you're too good to work out with the people that are making that stuff contemporary but then your producer that you always work with makes a song that's kind of mocking that and you have no problem doing it like it's just a little hypocritical to me because like all this time if you wanted to do hip-hop you could have been working with hip-hop producers but it's like oh well you know we have integrity and we're just not gonna follow the popular wave but then that's what you do here I guess when you know you were in you know, when I guess the group wasn't together and then you credit as invoke, I, that, I, that kind of bothers me. I, I, I don't like that. Like if it's only one person, it's not in vogue. And, um, like now they can say that maybe they didn't know, but if Denzel Foster's involved, cause I'm guessing maybe he produced the record, they knew how it was going to be credited. That is not cool to me. Uh, and it's just not a great song. This is what I'm about. Like, come on. Terry, Terry, per usual, sounds wonderful, but the song as a whole is very, I mean, it's, it is prime 2006, 2007. Like, like, it's just not, it's not, it's not great. I actually thought that (laughs) the production was interesting. Like, it was, it was interesting hearing Terry on something that reminded me of like, it kind of gave me like bootleg um, Dark Child production vibes. Um, so it was kind of interesting hearing her on something, I guess, a little bit more contemporary. What's the at word? At the time? Current? I don't know. Current. Contemporary. You know, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. But do you think they would turn down? We just talked about it the last episode they did. And then this is like, well, I'm not going to get into this too much because, you know, we've gone over, but like, that's what I don't like about it. Like one person is not involved. Like that should never, ever happen. Like everyone else, they've stood on their own as members of Invogue. Like Cindy, she's made songs during this period and it was Cindy Heron. Um, Can You Feel the Rain? Um, What was the other one? Like they weren't particularly good songs, but it was still credited to Cindy Heron. It wasn't her trying to use the In Vogue name. So this to me seems like a clear example of somebody trying to use the In Vogue name. And I don't like that because if the other people can't do that as solo artists, you can't do that either. I agree because the same thing would happen with um, Pussycat Dolls where it was obviously Nicole Scherzinger featuring on that song but they would say oh pussycat dolls but the other girls would just be like background dancers like when she when they collaborated on that uh, slumdog millionaire song jaya ho it's like well that's just nicole <laughs> so why don't you say nicole is featured on there but you're trying to market it as a pussycat doll song because they're the bigger name but that being said though i don't think that they would have been able to get away with they would not have been able to get away with doing that unless they had permission to do so especially like like the legal, like the legal aspect, I feel like if Invogue didn't give permission for that, they would have corrected it. Like, but maybe also because these people are international. Like I know copyright a lot of times internationally is different. So these people, I think one of them is like a Tunisian, and one of them, I think they're all based out of France though. But so maybe the copyright things are different there. But it's still like even if like regardless of the legal um, ramifications, it's not the group. So now I could give you the benefit of the doubt and say maybe uh, because it was France, like the French artists were like, okay, yeah, it's Terry Ellis, but we want to use the in vogue name. So we'll do that. But if it happened another way and you're using the group's name, because like, you know, I guess you needed to be in the studio um, because maybe Cindy was on maternity leave, but this is 2006. Uh, Maybe you're on a break. 
I, I, I don't like that. I don't. Like, you can stand on your own as an artist. Like, Maxine had to do it. Don had to do it. Cindy did it. You've done it before. You know, don't use the group name for when it's only one person. Well, folks, that is a wrap on another episode of Part of Us. Uh, stream Part of Us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and most other podcasting apps and platforms. For more Invogue related content, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invogue Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions, definitely those interview requests. We want to talk to people. Um, email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And until next time, bye. See bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invoke and chat with other fans by visiting Invoke Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invoke Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invoke Fancast is not endorsed by Invoke, E1 Music, or Invoke Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders. I'm here for Cindy dating Amarion and Terry dating Amarion's brother, Orion. Not Orion. Only fans, Orion. Not only fans, Orion. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. But then again, Terry deserves to have a good time. Go for it, girl. As long as I don't see Terry on the OnlyFans, that's all I know. Maybe she can date the other brother. She can date the other brother. Um, oh, nobody. I forgot his name, but he he fought. He fine too, and he he's like a fitness influencer child. Them three together. <laughs> that's a that's a fine family. <laughs> okay. All aboard. <laughs> Tickets, please. <laughs> I like a round trip. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you think all saints are legendary divas. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I mean, le- legendary is, you know, it's it's a it's a word that you you know it's often exaggerated, like iconic. Okay. Oh, that's how escape made uh-huh. it on. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs>